the things we were given before our house was built was a blueprint. It's the paper they use to show how the house is to be built. We had a good idea of the layout of the house from the blueprint. I remember standing in the house when they were building it, and the master builder yelled over to the one guy to hand him the blueprint. He was having trouble figuring out where the one-bedroom wall should go. Of course, me, soon to be the house owner, I wanted him to know exactly where that bedroom wall uh, needed to go. And I was glad that he had the blueprint. Uh, without it, what a disaster our now house home uh, would have been or would be. This morning, we come to the question, what does the gospel do for a husband? What does the gospel do for a husband? The answer, many things. But for today's purposes, we'll focus on one. It is the blueprint for his role. When he doesn't know what to do or where to go, the gospel directs him in the right direction. Many husbands are trying to build a house without God's blueprint. They don't know where the bedroom wall goes. And what are the results? Kitchen in the wrong place. Rooms bigger than they should be. It's a disaster. So, man, if you want to be a better husband but need direction, this message is for you. And while the question is immediately applicable to men who are married and perhaps also for single men who are anticipating marriage in the future, it seems to leave out a decent percentage of the church, such as men who are no longer married. Or how about all the women in the room? However, you see in the Bible, there are plenty of men who live by the blueprint of their society. And those social blueprints had devastating effects on women. Husbands pretty much owned their wives in biblical days. The power dynamics were off. That's a phrase I want you to hold on to, power dynamics. Men were at liberty to divorce their wives for any and every reason. And only the husband could initiate the divorce. To be a divorced wife was to be left hopeless. Some men treated women like cattle to be sold off. If women were barren, she was shamed, and the husband was at liberty to get a concubine or another wife. Men were taught to be dominant and domineering over their wives. You see, ladies, often the blueprint of the world for husbands have little consideration for you. But ladies, this message is to, to help you to see God's blueprint for a husband. And if you're married, you'll be able to help your husband to become the husband God intended him to be with accountability. And if you're single, you'll know what to look for. Surely the blueprint of my house gave me an idea of my house before I ever had a house. And I'm praying that those who do not have a husband, this message will give you an idea of what a husband should be before you ever get one. So ladies... Know that I have you in mind today as I preach, and I want this to be practical for you as well. Husbands, for the time being, we are not at church. I know we are, but, but I, need, I need husbands to use their imagination. We are at the barbershop right now. Stephen, we're at a barbecue. We're on your back porch, and you're cooking the barbecue. I'm just coming over to eat. We're eating ribs, by the way. 
Some of you don't know how to barbecue. So, so Hank, we're going to be at Golden Corral, if you will. All right? We're not at church. I want you to relax. I want you to kick back, Christian. I want you to be easy. All right? And I want this to be helpful. Now, Pastor, question, Pastor. Bro, how in the world is the gospel the blueprint for husbands? Well, Bethel Gary, certainly we know the gospel, right? Certainly we, out of all churches, ought to know the gospel. Especially, Demet, after spending almost three years in Romans. Three whole years in Rome. Whoo, I'd be glad when we get out of Romans. <laughs> COVID be over before we get over Romans. Everybody be vaccinated by the time we got out of Romans. I'm just playing. I know some of y'all on different pages with that vaccine. No, I'm messing around. The Romans is the gospel manual. It goes through the gospel piece by piece. It breaks the gospel down. It articulates the gospel for us. But what does Romans have to say to the to, about marriage, about being a husband? Well, in reality, Romans is, is very much a letter on relationships. At the core, it's about how God relates to us and how we relate to one another. And this fits very nicely with what Paul says in Ephesians when he gives the spouses the, the, the template for marital love, which is Christ in the church. God relates through, to us through his son, Jesus Christ. This is how God relates to us. This is how God communicates to us. This is how we go to God. We cannot go to God by bypassing Jesus. We got to go through Jesus. And we relate to one another likewise in Christ. What has Romans taught us about ourselves that we can apply to husbands? First, that our core identity in life is rooted in the gospel. And slow down there. I need, I need that to hit you. I need that to hit you in such a way that it gets your attention. Your core identity, who you are, Christian, I'm talking to everyone now, husbands or otherwise, it is rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the godly husband's core identity. Here's our thing verse for the series of this message. It's found in Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and what? Acceptable to God, which is your what? Spiritual worship. By the mercies of God, present your bodies. That's all that you are. That's everything. Holistically, every, every fiber of your being, God wants you to present it to him. To God as an act of worship. God wants you to give your life as an act of worship. And if we can consider manhood today, this means that the godly husband core identity is found in the mercies of God. The gospel. One of the greatest challenges I observe is man who at the core of who they are is not Jesus. It's not Jesus. But something worldly. Many men wake up in the morning and derive value based upon the money they're going to make that day, the power they're going to grow that day, and the sex they're going to have that day. 
Although many husbands struggle with knowing who they are, they are afraid to think of themselves as anything else because often we have very little information on what a husband should be. So we often, we hide behind, I'm the deacon. I'm the elder. Or I used to be a great football player. Yeah, you go to the gym and the brother talking about what he used to do in high school. <laughs> you got to hear about it the whole time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it don't look like you a football player. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> or bragging about he's the breadwinner. Or I'm the guy with the nice car. And God wants to, God wants to, this is going to be hard for us, man. God wants to strip us of all of that. I mean, I, I mean, not that we can't enjoy some of those things. But that being the core of who you are, God, like, move around with that. A husband is not even at the core of his identity. A husband is not even the core of your identity. Even that will fail us. We will certainly fail our wives. And the wives could say amen, but keep looking at me. At the core? At the core, husband, of your identity? I'm not a husband who is a Christian, but I'm rather a Christian who is a husband. The Christian in me informs the husband I need to be. The Bible needs to inform you on your own. And it's not the other way around. You don't inform the Bible. If you want to be a great husband, make it your goal to become more like Christ. I promise you, it'll go better with you. Back in the day, if you wanted to be a great basketball player, you tried to be like Mike. Today is LBJ, and I don't want no arguments. Man, when we, uh, 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 but if you want to be a great husband, it's not be like Mike, it's be like Christ. It doesn't give us, uh, Christ doesn't just give us new ideas, but here's the big thing. He gives us a new identity. And this is what I need, something to build my life on, a rock that will not move. My car is going to fail me. My money is going to fail me. My clothes are going to fail me. My skills that I have in high school, they're going to fade away. I need something rock solid that will not move, that I don't have to be depressed over. Instead, it needs to be built on Jesus Christ because he's unmovable. He's unshakable. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. And I'm speaking to the man in the room because we struggle with the same things that women struggle with sometimes, and that is self-esteem. No, we're not going to say it. We're not going to say it the same way. There ain't going to be no long conversation about it, but we got it. We just quiet about it, you know. You really don't know what a guy's struggling with because he just, you know, he kind of keep it all up in him, you know, and he gets kind of isolated and distant so we don't talk about it. But friends, I want to give you something. That'll pull you out of darkness, that'll pull you out of shame, that'll pull you out of guilt, and will allow you to be the husband that God has called you to be. And I'm telling you that Christ is the way. It's a new identity that will never fade, that will never grow old, and that will never die. One of the biggest fears we have as husbands is losing what makes us feel like a husband, like having a job. 
Amen, somebody. Like paying bills. You ever talk to a husband who couldn't pay his bill? You don't. You don't talk to him. You don't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> like fixing a car. Like having a wife. Or sometimes our identity is found in the subjugation of our wives. We fear so much that when we lose these things, we go and we hide. We fall into depression and we become angry, mean, lonely, and we die slowly. And I'm here to plead with you, you are more than that. You are a child of God. And God doesn't care about any of that. Some things are blessings. Some of those things are blessings to your wives and your kids and your community. But living to be skilled at your job is a terrible master. Because one day your eyes will grow dark and your hands will go weak and your mind will go dull and your best days will be behind you. In fact, when I was hanging drywall, y'all don't get a lot of drywall illustrations. I've been drywalling like crazy. I was uh, hanging drywall with my friend yesterday. He's older than me and he said, man, enjoy the days where you can lift this drywall now because one day you're going to long for the days that you can lift it the way that you're lifting it now. Man. Our identity is not in our muscles. If your core identity isn't in Jesus, the fact that he is helping you become to become like him, you will mourn for your youth and approach death with regret. I want this message to prepare our husbands for death. I wanted to prepare you for death. If you love Jesus more than skills, more than money, more than accomplishments, more than your hobbies, more than your dreams, more than even your wife, then the radical priorities of the gospel will reorient your steps and bring true power to your living such that when your eyes grow dark and your hands grow weak and your eyes grow dim, you will not mourn for your youth, but celebrate your maturity out of it and you will not fear death knocking at the door, but instead you will say, death, bring it on because there is a savior that I've been living for every part of my life. It's been for him, the way that I care for my wife, the way that I care for my children, the bills I pay, the cars I drove. Everything was for him. So death is the doorway to my favorite lover. So come on, death. That's the kind of life I want to live. This is what Jesus said in Luke 12, 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father... And mother and wife, all right, now, that don't mean go home and hate your wife now. No, I'm just saying, y'all don't be reading into stuff, all right? Or children and brother and sisters. Yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What is he saying? He's not saying go home and pick a fight with everyone around you. No, that's not what he's saying. But rather what he's saying is put me first. Put me first. Make me the center. Make me the core. Why? Because I give you identity. And why is identity so important? I've been throwing this word identity around. Why is it so important? The reason a core identity is so important for us is because it is out of our, watch this, it is out of our identity that we act. It is out of our identity that we act. 
And the person who is a disciple of Jesus is called in all realms to reenact the gospel. What do you mean, Pastor? We are to make this blueprint come to life. Let's go back to the blueprint illustration. The house I live in is nothing less than the blueprint the builder asked for uh, uh, when he's trying to figure out where the wall went. Literally, I walked through my house with the blueprint, and where it said a room was, there it was. Where it said the kitchen, there was the kitchen. The house literally took its cues from the blueprint, not the other way around. So that husbands ought to take their cues from the gospel. Ephesians 5 gets to the heart of marriage in this way because it reminds us that we are to be submitted to one another out of reverence for Christ. He has remade us in his image. Therefore, act accordingly. And the suggestion Paul gives to husband and wives in Ephesians 5 is to reenact Christ's covenantal love for the church. What do I mean? Well, Paul tells the Ephesians that the godly marriage will look like a reflection of Christ in the church. This is why you got to get acquainted with your Bible. You need to snuggle up. With, well, I'm talking to husbands. Let me not use snuggle. Let me see. Let me see. Can I get another word? Uh, you need to hold your Bible. You know, you need to hold it like this. You know what I'm saying? You need to get, get, get into it, you know? Um, and so, so the Bible, is, it, it tells us and it directs husbands on how to be husbands. To be clear, nowhere in Scripture... Does it say, let me be clear, that a husband saves and sanctifies a wife? Women, your Savior is Jesus Christ alone. You should not be looking for a husband because you need a Savior. You got that already. And there's a trap. We'll discuss that next week, the husband being a Savior. It's both bad for the husband and it's bad for you. But a Christian husband will look to the gospel for his cues. The gospel is the godly husband's cue cards. I have done enough weddings to know that soon-to-be husbands are often nervous. Now, I've seen it. I've seen it up close. I've seen it up close and personal. I've done enough weddings. Stephen, I did your wedding. Congratulations, brother. He was nervous, man. He was nervous. But you're here, brother. He's still standing. I've seen when the groom is waiting for the bride to come down the aisle, and, and he's nervous, trying to fix his bow tie and get it straight because he's nervous. He is nervous. He's about to become a husband. And this pastor doesn't make it any easier for him because I tell him, you are entering into holy matrimony. We are not playing games here. God is calling you to die to yourself. This is not an easy task. I need you to see beyond today. And they're nervous. And although he's had counseling, he's afraid he's going to blow the whole thing. I'm going to mess this up. I just know I'm going to mess this up, Pastor. I love her. I want to be with her. I want to commit to her. But I am afraid that I'm going to blow this thing, that I'm going to mess it up. I've never done this before. Where in the world is my blueprint? As Will said earlier, sometimes as men, we don't even see it in our own homes. Where do I take my cues? Man, don't you wish you had cue cards for what to say and how to relate to your wife? Cue cards simply tell you what to do, don't they? Don't you wish you had some of these? Get home. 
Just it came right up and popped right over her head. Just walking out. I mean, I mean, it's just a cue card. I just need, just tell me what to do. The wife's like, we've been telling them that still don't work. And when you miss the cue cards, it makes it even worse for you. <laughs> y'all ain't going to be real with me in here. Y'all know y'all be missing them cue cards. It makes it even worse. What about this? Yeah, this, this right here, Demita, this, this, this right here, y'all. Man, man. Yeah, man, don't say nothing stupid, man. Today ain't the day to be messing with a dog. If you just had a cute card, what about, what about this one, brothers? We could use this one, Stephen. This right here would be real helpful. And we had this right here. Here it is. Come on. What the game is on. Don't forget this one. Cue cards. They tell us what to do. They tell us how to move. We would love to have cue cards in our marriages. Wives are like, I give them cues. He don't listen. This husband thing can be hard, but it can be simple as well. If we reenact what Jesus does, all we have to do is follow his cues. This past week, I've been doing a lot of drywall, and there it is again. And before you get concerned, I, I've been doing it with those who know what they are doing. I'm incredibly grateful to have them because without them, without my help, my basement would be a mess and I would simply be lost and drywall would fall on my wife's head and that wouldn't be pretty. But I'm not because I have other men to help me and I want to slow down here. In fact, Mike Maciel is one who helped me last Sunday. I called him. I said, bro, I'm lost. I need some help with hanging this drywall. He said, I got you. He, would, he came to my basement. He showed me how to cut the drywall. Then he told me how to do it. And I simply reenacted what Mike showed me what to do. And friends, God expects us husbands to do the same thing. We watch what Jesus does, the Holy Spirit teaches us, and the Holy Spirit expects us to reenact that which he is teaching us husbands. He expects us to treat our brides like Christ treated his bride. This is when you got to put your pride aside, gentlemen. Most husbands don't like men telling them nothing about how to be a husband. Come on, gentlemen. We don't like it. I don't need advice from another man. Husbands will fight tooth and nail to avoid counseling. Wives, they be ready. They like, Pastor, let's do counseling. I'm about to leave this joke. He like, no, girl, we got this. She like, we ain't got nothing. <laughs> yes, we do. We don't care. We fellas, we don't care if the ship is drowning. We're like, we're like the captains on the Titanic. At least I died with it, dog. At least I went down with it. We're going to brag about something. We don't care. The ship went down. I stayed on it, dog. <laughs> dead at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> we have to break this pride to fix ourselves. 
Because I had a lot of humbling moments this week. There were some nights I tried to hang drywall myself without any help. I was able to get a few, a few pieces up. But then there were some walls with outlets, and I needed extra cuts, and, man, I was frustrated. And if I'm being completely transparent and keeping it a buck with y'all, I almost cried in that basement a lot of times. <laughs> I'm just being real. I almost, yeah, I had a couple breakdown moments down there in that basement. I sure did. Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. I'm good, though. I'm good, Brendan. I'm good. I ain't going to cry up here. I ain't going to cry up here because it's almost over with. <laughs> like, I'm cool. I'm cool. Ah, there it is. <laughs> I had to come to the realization, Mike, that I can't do this without someone's help. I'm like, sure. I'm sure I can get a few pieces up. I can get by here and there. I'm sure if I keep at it long enough, eventually I'll get it. But how much will it cost me? And you got to, I came to the realization that, man, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. It's not hanging, Dexter. It's not going in the right place, Dexter. The drywall had to talk to me, had to preach to me. Brother, this is not working. Because, you know, we'll fool ourselves and say something is working when it's actually not working. And it's okay to say it's not working and I need help. And lo and behold, came my community of brothers to help me. Mr. Freeman came and helped me. Ben Boggs came and helped me. Dan Jacobson came to help me. Brothers, we need community. We are not built to be islands. We need other brothers that can help us. And it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay not to know because guess what? There's things that I don't know. There's things that he doesn't know. But the devil wants to tell us that we'll be weak, that the devil wants to tell us that we're less than a man if we ask for help. Oh, that the brothers would lean upon one another, how strong we would be, what a fortress we would be. The devil will have a triple hard time to break marriages if brothers would link arms with one another. Men need other men. Bottom line, we need to, and I believe that one of the biggest reasons a lot of us are failing at being husbands is because we refuse to be in community with other brothers. That will push us to love our wives and to know the cues that she's getting, Right? I'm telling you that other brothers have helped me to pick up on cues from my wife. Because there are some things that this bonehead dude just keeps missing. But Mike of 34 years may have something to teach me. Hey, dude, go home. Hey, dude, pause the TV. Hey, dude, what are you doing? I need some of that in my life. Not all how many men we get around and learn from, we can never skip over the master husband who is Jesus Christ. It's great to have fellowship, and I'm for that. But fellowship apart from God is worthless. What does Jesus teach us that we should reenact in our marriage? 
Number one, he teaches us sacrifice. This one is hard for husbands because we are programmed to be served. Ask most husbands why they can't wait to get married, and you'll hear a few things. Man, dog, I'm getting married because it's time to get right with the man upstairs. That's one that I hear. Or I hear, ain't nothing else out here, bruh. Hear that too. Or I need somebody to cook me a meal and keep the house clean. I said, you may want to call Molly maid. I don't think you want a wife, dog. I don't think that's what you want. No, listen, I'm not against wives cooking and cleaning, but just know God doesn't require that from them to complete their marital role. Listening to marriage, learning from marriage, what marriage is calling you to do. Marriage is calling you to die to yourself. When the Bible says that the marriage is a picture of the gospel, what did you think? Jesus died on the cross for you. Hello. Still excited about marriage. I tell every couple that marriage canceling that marriage is a call to die to yourself. Husband, this is what Christ did for his bride, so take your cue from him. He died for her. He sacrificed himself for her. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, that he gave himself. He died so that she might live. And that's the paradox of marriage. And the key to marriage right here, here's the key. The key to marriage is you must die to yourself so that the other person might live. That's the whole key. You die, they live, beautiful marriage, vice versa. I promise you, if you die, your marriage will grow. I promise you. And see, if you don't die, your marriage will die. Something has to die. And let it be you, because the best living is resurrected living. That happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you die to yourself, God will raise you up, and then he'll live through you in your marriage. We miss this so often because we're so focused on being a king instead of a servant. Husbands, do you give up your right, your rights for your wife? Do you give up your rights? I'm at your front door now. In certain areas of Christianity around here, I find many husbands not sacrificing for their wives, which always yields respect, but rather we are found fighting for respect, which always sacrifices their wives. Husbands, if you don't practice sacrificing your marriage, you will have an unhappy marriage or an unhappy wife. Husbands assume that their wives are happy. Living in la-la land. Go ask her the question, are you happy? And be ready, because you may get a mouthful. Or worse, if you don't ask her, you'll look up and you will not have a wife. This takes divine power and humility to do this. You need power from on high to die to yourself. And one of the things I tell husbands is if Jesus can wash his disciples' feet, you can wash the dishes, dude. If the God of the universe 
can wash his disciples' feet? Don't tell me you can't wash the dishes. You can wash the dishes for your wife. It's okay. You're not going to die. Not only service, not only sacrifice, but number two, Jesus taught us service. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Let love be genuine. At harbor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve who? The Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. For sure we know that this is to be done amongst Christian, but Christian husbands, this start in the home first. I bring you back, I bring back to mind the title of these things. Paul calls this the love that is non-hypocritical, which is to say genuine love does what? It serves. Leadership in the church is measured not by influence, but by service. And the same is true of leadership in the home. It is not measured by coercion, but by service. When you participate in your life to serve her, you show her, you care deeply about spiritual leadership. And here are, here are a couple ways. I want to get real practical. I, was, I want to hand it to you. I want to give it to you. Real practical ways to serve your wife. Lean in on this, husband. You're going to serve your wife? A, you need to care for her soul. You need to care for her soul. Depending on where you're at in marriage, where your kids are, the lady said, amen, take the kids. Allow her to get some unhurried time with our girlfriends and encourage her to cultivate healthy friendships. I want you to make that a priority in your home for your wife. You're going to care for her soul. One of the ways you're going to care for her soul, if you got kids, you're going to take the kids. If you don't have kids, you're going to encourage her to cultivate healthy friendships. And that time with her friend should be unhurried time. Don't, girl, you got to hurry back up. The game coming on. Take your time. Breathe. Enjoy your friends. I want to make sure that you're healthy. Here's another way. Go on vacation or mini getaways with her. Just block out everything and just go. Take mini vacations. And it ain't got to be on a plane somewhere. Grab a little hotel up somewhere, and y'all just get away for a couple days. Hit up McDonald's if you got to. I mean, I ain't suggesting that you do that, you know, but if you got, you got to do what you got to do. Get a cheeseburger or something, you know. Hustle a little bit so you can get cheese that weekend. Do what you got to do, man. So don't think, come on, you, she can be able to get a piece of cheese, man. She can't get no cheese and a large fry. We got an issue, all right? Or oh, hit your brothers up. That's why Mike let me get a dollar, dog. I want to take my girl out, you know what I'm saying? I want to buy a pack of Oreos, Chris, you know what I'm saying, without sweating, you know? I don't get to the register and I'm sweating, you know? So I ask for help, you know? All right, here's the other thing. Listen to her as you spend time with her. Listen to her. I know this is difficult for us. Make sure she has your undivided attention. Right? It's important that at some point in your marriage, not phony, that you can genuinely say, that woman across from the table from me, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. Tell her everything. Open. Even the ugly stuff, tell it to her. 
You don't get there overnight. Everybody thinks that you get there overnight. You don't get there overnight. You get there by doing this, spending time, slowing down, and listening time. I want to know you, okay? I want to know you better than anyone else outside of God. I'm asking all kinds of questions. Ask Paige. Well, I'm asking all kinds of questions. Why? I want to know her so that I may please her, so that I may serve her. And I'm talking about every category, fellas. We're having conversation. Slow down. Talk to her. Don't just go for sex, but go for her heart. Go for her being your best friend. And as Will did in the little illustration, pray for your wife and read the Bible with her. Here's another one for you. Cultivate communication. Find out what her dreams and her goals are and help her to reach them. Find them out. If I ask you right now, what's your wife's dreams? Can you tell me? Do you know it? And when you find out her dreams, do you support her? Or is everything in the house driven by your dreams and your ambitions? You need to take interest, husbands, in the world of your wife. You need to take interest. You need to tell her not just about your world, but also tell her also about your heart. A woman is more eager to make love to a husband who is eager to communicate. She's more eager to make love to a man that's willing to communicate. Because they come off and she ain't giving me none, dog. Well, have you talked to her this week? Nah, I ain't did that. But right here, Pastor, 1 Corinthians 17, 3. All the fellas know that verse. I don't know why they know that verse, but they know that verse. That right here. Hey, now, let me tell you old Ephesians 5 where it says, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We're so hypocritical, ready to bring the Bible down on our spouse when we don't even obey what it tells us to do. Leads me to the next thing. Create romantic moments. Create romantic moments. This is good. You need to plan date nights. Yes, you do. Yeah, and put some effort into it, too. I mean, put some effort into it. But please, husbands, before you plan a date, I'm begging thee. <laughs> please. Study your wife. Know what she likes. Because that whole thing can go south. And you'd be like, what? I planned a date? Don't even like this. Now she's mad at you because you planned something she don't like, so she feel like you don't know her. <laughs> I'm just trying to help y'all out best I can here. The Bible says, let love be genuine. Don't just throw some date together out of obligation. You want to create a lasting memory with her. This is informed by studying your wife. You need to know her by studying her. And I can assume that what I think, uh, I can assume that what I think is romantic to me is romantic to her. And I remember Paige getting frustrated with me. And I'm like, what? I did all this? What, what you mad about? That's not what I wanted. You wash the dishes. I asked you to spend time with me. I wasn't listening. I'm doing big gestures, but she wanted small gestures, something as simple as call off work and spend the day with me. I'm not looking for the big things. I'm looking for the small things that tells me that you're interested and you care about me. How did I learn it? I listened. 
I told myself, you know what? You don't know everything, dude. You need to listen. My goal is to be a good student in the University of Page the best way that I can. Let me give you another one. And I know we're getting close to 12. But we need this. Confront injustices against women. I know you weren't expecting that one, but it's important. Every husband should want justice for his wife. Therefore, he should want justice for women. Speak up about injustices that plague women. And the best place for justice to reign for women is to reign in your own house. And the first right that a wife is entitled to is her own person. Stand up for it. Speak up against the unjust, unjust, the injustices in the world towards women. In fact, this past Wednesday, we had a talk with a group of ladies on Facebook. I encourage you men to go listen. It is so many gold nuggets in it that will help you. The last cue from Christ is forgiveness. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is it that creates peace with, with us and God? It is forgiveness. No marriage can last without forgiveness. The rest of Romans 5 tells us how great the reconciliation is we have with God because he has forgiven us by the death of Jesus Christ. Worship team is coming back at this time. If you believe the gospel, then Christian homes should be the most peaceful homes on earth. Why? Because Christians know how to offer forgiveness, which yields peace. Husbands, are you offended by something your wife did? You need to take steps towards forgiveness. Have you offended your wife? There's only one step. Go confess and ask for her forgiveness. The way to claim power over shame is to bring sin into the light, and we do that through confession. Most marriages, friends and family, become moldy because they can never rise above unforgiveness and unrepented sin. When we were hanging drywall, here it is again. I was told that I needed to be sure my drywall was a little bit off of the floor so that if water came in, the wall would be above the water. It would not get wet and become moldy. So raise the drywall so it sits above the water and not in the water. Husbands, don't sit in unforgiveness and stay through Christ. Rive above unforgiveness so that your marriage will not become moldy. Wives, if your husband comes to you today asking your forgiveness for something, will you meet him with Christ-like grace and patience? If your husband simply tries to do something out of the ordinary in your relationship that upsets the status quo, will you celebrate that and encourage him? And husbands, will you reenact the gospel of God which is that Christ is a great Savior who sacrifices and serves and offers us great forgiveness through his mercy and his grace.